0: Welcome to today's episode of the ISO for Gonzaga Nation Media Network. This is Wednesday's episode of, so it's a mailbag Wednesday episode. Unfortunately, we're releasing it, we're going to be releasing it on Thursday. Lots of things going on. Uh, up here in Spokane right now. So a little bit late in getting this out, but as typical, uh, it is Mailbag Wednesday where I answer two or three questions. If you have a question, send it my way, either on social media, uh, Twitter is at dandickow21, Instagram is ddickow21, or you can email me dickow at scorebooklive.com as well as hit up one of our social media channels for Gonzaga Nation SI. So we'll get right into it. Tim from Ritzville asks, what is left for the Gonzaga basketball program to achieve? Good question, Tim. Uh, I touched on this a little bit um, last week leading up to the draft with Chad Holmgren. Obviously, he ended up going number two to Oklahoma City, which I think is a better fit for him than being number one at Orlando. But I think there are two distinct Achievements, awards, accolades uh, for the Gonzaga program, um, and that is the first one is obviously win a national title. Uh, they've been they've knocked on the doorstep a couple of times uh, by playing in the championship game. First one in 2017, losing to Carolina. Second one, losing to Baylor after being undefeated throughout the the regular season. So I, I think that's one. And then I honestly, I think the second um, kind of benchmark that is left. Uh, would be to have a number one draft pick. Uh, you know, that is something that uh, you, when you look at overall pictures of number one draft picks, you're, you're, you're talking about can guys from Kentucky, guys from Duke, guys from Carolina. Um, you know, very rarely does a number one pick kind of come up out of the blue. The, one of the last that I can really think of would be Michael Oluwakandi from Pacific in the kind of mid to late nineties. But um, typically what that means is, you know, if, if you are recruiting high level guys and then you develop them and in for the year, maybe or two that they're on campus and they have a great experience, other guys are going to want to follow that. Uh, They're going to want to follow that blueprint. And so I think that's what, what you're seeing now with Gonzaga, they're involved with a lot of high level players. Um, So that's going to be really fun and interesting to track how they recruit the quote 2023 class to be seniors uh, and then start keeping their eye on the the 2024 class to to be juniors. So um, great question, Tim. I appreciate it. Uh, Next question comes from San Diego. And this is from Jeff. He asks, what is free agency like uh, for a professional basketball player? Well, there's a couple different levels of free agency um, in in my eyes. Uh, you, You get your clear cut tier one, tier two, tier three is, is kind of how I like to look at a lot of different things. So the tier one, uh, free agencies, free agents are the guys that, um, your agents already been kind of, you know, back channel conversations with multiple teams. So you've got a good idea about who and what teams, uh, are going to be offering a contract. You might even have a framework and an idea of what the terms might look like. Now you can't accept any of those terms, although they're are some wink, wink deals. I'm sure that are already done across the board in the NBA always has been, but uh, for the, for the tier one guys, I mean, things are moving pretty quickly. You're, you're going to hold meetings uh, in the first 24 to 48 hours of uh, free agency. You might go to that city and visit that organization and and be face to face for those meetings. They may come to you, uh, but you're really getting a feel for, are you a true, blueprint part of what their organization wants to look like um, you know I think the, the biggest one right for this summer uh, free agency when you talk about a tier one is Jalen Brunson uh, you know he's going to have lots of ideas and options <clears throat> excuse me of places to go to but the tier one guys are typically going to you know agree to their contract and I would say in the first you're going to see a lot of agreements in the first 48 hours. And then, you know, uh, the first five, six days of free agency is always just bonkers where that's where the bulk of the money in free agency is spent. And then you'll get your tier two guys, uh, which is where I kind of fell into a category where your agents talking to multiple teams, trying to sift out and sort out who really may be uh, interested, who may be having availability roster wise, uh, and then it's on your agent to start figuring out what they have uh, uh, roster or salary cap wise, what's even available, what's even possible, um, and then what your market value should be. And so there's lots of moving parts in the, the tier two. Um, you know, that's usually you start get kind of getting into that second week of free agency for myself. Um my, it was about the third or fourth week of free agency where, um, you know, after about a week and a half, two weeks, we kind of pinned it down to three or four teams. It was going back to New Orleans. It was Utah. It was Toronto who ended up signing Jose Calderon uh, and then Boston. So we kind of knew it was those four teams that were, were the most likely for myself to land. And then it was just a matter of letting the tier one finish things out. And then seeing where my true market value would lie, and then just kind of making a decision based on that once uh, the negotiations or, or the conversations got to the point where there might be a structure of a contract. So um, it's stressful, um, you know, but for myself, when I was in that tier two category, how I would describe it, you know, you're not getting anything that first you know five six days you know you're keeping an eye on it because you want to you want to see if there's any trades that may excuse me impact where you think you might be going or who may have had interest in you but things change pretty quickly um so it's stressful but at the same time you know you got to enjoy it You, you only get very few opportunities like that to be a part of something um uh, where you're wanted and then the third tier of, of free agents uh, are your guys that are really kind of waiting up to the the last minute in regards to um, wanting a you know maybe a, a one-year make good contract in a, in a training camp or uh, trying to figure out a two-way contract now and with the G League and an NBA team so I was in that position uh, at the end of my career and I did I did waited on on a training camp invite and it came through with with Phoenix. Um, So that's the more stressful ones because um, a lot of times that's just figuring out what roster is a best fit to give you an opportunity to make a team. At that point, you're not really caring about what the the, the possible financial package is. You just want to have an opportunity uh, to make a team based on what the roster looks like. So great question, Jeff, appreciate it. Last question from the day comes from Brad in Vancouver, and he asks, what are your thoughts on UNC being ahead of Gonzaga in some of the early polls? Well, as I look at the calendar right now, it's uh, June 29th. we still got about four months, July, August, September, October, until guys are really getting ready for uh, you know, that first exhibition game. And the Gonzaga just had their first true summer practice. You can have a a limited amount of summer practices and then summer workouts with coaches. Uh, I don't think anybody in that uh, basketball staff and office have have given any thoughts to where they rank in these way too early polls, which a lot of them are called. Uh, It's something that's fun for analysts to put together, journalists to put together. It's fun for fans to kind of uh, look at and think about what might be um you know i think carolina obviously they're defending champs baycott's back uh they're a very talented roster i know they picked up some pieces in the transfer portal um but at the end of the day you know it's way too early that's why they call them the way too early polls gonzaga got some great pieces back obviously in timmy strother and bolton and then added some great ones in, in efton reed for example but um You know, uh, I don't have too many thoughts because it's way too early there's four months of skill development individually, team development chemistry wise to happen. So um, once we kind of get into more probably early August is when I start diving into really looking at the overall lay of the land and and where teams may fit, Um, because at that point you start talking to college coaches as well. Uh, a little bit more in depth on their team. So um, appreciate the question, Brad. So thank you again. If you have a question, um, send it my way or send it to Gonzaga Nation SI. Uh, Thanks for watching and or listening. And don't forget to like, subscribe and review.